Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 16 of the Kamena Voice. On this episode, I speak to a realtor at Windermere Realty and the president of the Kamena Chamber of Commerce. Please welcome Jim Ayers. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamena Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Kamena Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I speak with Jim Ayers, and our conversation ranges all over the place um, from his start down in California um, to becoming a teacher, and then all of his traveling and history that he did with um, many, many international and national uh, telecom companies and really worked on some really neat projects there. So um, we get into all of that, and then finally we end with talking about the Chamber of Commerce, how we got into it and what he sees as the future for it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jim Ayers. Hey Islanders, it's Brandon with the Camino Voice, and today I'm here with a realtor at Windermere Realty, as well as the president of the Camino Chamber of Commerce. Please welcome Jim Ayers. Hey Brandon, great to be with you today. Yeah, thanks for joining me on the show. So before we got started on everything, um, tell us a little bit about Jim. Well, I am... uh a super happy Camino Islander. You know, I, I grew up at the beach, and, and there's something I call the beach lifestyle. And we lived on Mercer Island for 17 years, raised our kids down there. That's what brought us to the Seattle area in 1989. And uh, when we discovered Camino, it was back to the beach lifestyle. I grew up in Newport Beach and uh, San Diego, California. And we moved to uh, uh, Mercer Island from Ventura. We lived on the beach in Ventura. So I was used to that kind of beach community and the feeling that you get in that area where everybody sh- has that shared experience of the ocean and the waves and the li- uh, wildlife. And it was so cool to come back to that here on Camino. So yeah, really fun. <coughs> so what brought you... So you you lived in California then... What brought you up to Mercer Island? Uh, I came up, it was a corporate move. I came up to run a company up here and uh, stayed on. Uh, you know, we, I left that company, actually spent a year in Hawaii. Uh, I worked for, at the time, GTE. Okay. And I ran a company for them up here in uh, West Seattle, actually. And then uh, they wanted me to move to Florida, and I said, no, thank you. So GTE owned Hawaiian Tel at the time. So I moved to Hawaii and lived... I commuted between Mercer Island and Honolulu for a year, and uh, that got to be a little too much. And so I came back, changed organizations, and then went into international communications from then on. So uh, I was working for British Telecom, and uh, they—they're the you know. Uh, I ended up saying uh, my office moved to uh, Los Angeles. I actually worked in this town called El Segundo, if you know L.A., right by LAX. And uh, so I could live anywhere. So my kids had grown up, all went to Mercer Island High School, swim team, water polo, all that. And then uh, we could uh, could live anywhere because I just had to be near an airport because 
every week I was either flying to London or Singapore or somewhere. And like I say, my office was in L.A. So my wife and I did a road trip where we went essentially from the Canadian border to San Diego. And the only criteria was had to be near the water. Uh, you know, we were trying to downsize and wanted to be near the water, near the beach. And uh, we couldn't find anything that really hit that point. Yeah, we were looking in California when, you know, $2 million bought you a teardown a mile <laughs> from the beach. And so one day, Lynn says, Jim, let's look at Whidbey. And I said, nah, I, I really don't want to look at Whidbey Island because I don't want to have to take a ferry. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I had to go to the airport. I said, what if the plane lands late and the ferry's done or it'd be crowded? She goes, no, let's look. So I said, okay. So I went on the, at the time, the Windermere website, just before I was in real estate at all, but went to the Windermere website and you had to look by county. So I said, well, let's see, <laughs> Whidbey Island is in Island County. So I opened up Island County and, and one of the first names there is Camano Island. And I said, to be honest with you, I got it confused with uh, Samish Island. But anyway, I said, <laughs> well, I think I've driven by a sign for that on the freeway. So, so I'm looking and I'm saying, look, look what we could get on Camano Island in our price range, what we want. And there's a bridge. So, <laughs> so, uh, we called the, actually the Terry's corner Windermere office and, uh, got a hold of this broker. And I said, Hey, we'd like to come up this weekend, look at houses. And two weeks later, we had a house on Camano Island. So, I mean, because it fit all our criteria and it was yeah. the place to be. Yeah. And uh, kind of to bring my experience all the way home, we moved in uh, one day before Mark the Pharmacist moved in next door to us. Uh, oh, one day okay. after Mark the Pharmacist moved in next door to us. And uh, it's been that beach lifestyle there ever since uh, yeah. that I talked about earlier. So really Very happy cool. to be here. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah. Um, okay. What was your What was your background? Then how did you get into like communications and everything? <laughs> okay. Well, I had a degree in biology and chemistry. I'm, so I'm sure you see how well. that works. Uh, I had a degree in biology and chemistry, got drafted, joined the Navy to avoid the draft during Vietnam. Uh, and by the way, I, I graduated from high school with Mike Nestor. I don't know if you really? knew this, but Nestor, okay. Nestor and I went to high school in Sacramento together. And we never saw each other again until we met here on uh, on Camino. But it turns out we were in the in the Navy at the same time too. But uh, so in 1970, to avoid the draft, I joined the Navy. With my background, I ended up running the toxicology lab at Naval Hospital in San Diego. Okay. And uh, you know that I I spent four years there, all four years at the Naval Hospital. It was during Vietnam, but I. I lucked out and spent all four years at, uh, at the hospital, saw some pretty gross things, but, um, that dissuaded me from being, uh, originally I was going to be a doctor and after being around, you know, those people are sick. They cough in your face. They're not happy. <laughs> so, so I said, well, maybe I don't want to be a doctor. And, uh, so I had GI Bill. So I went back to school and got an MBA. And while I was working on my MBA, uh, I needed a part-time job, mm-hmm. and I ended up as a, I ended up as an aide at an elementary school, and I said, God, I have all this education, but I really enjoy kids. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed working with kids, and so I, 
I continued in college and, uh, you know, my 10 year plan and, and ended up getting a, a elementary teaching credential as well. So I taught elementary school in San Diego All right. for a couple of three years. However, Proposition 13 came along and I was one of the newest hires. For those of you that don't remember Proposition 13, it, it demolished uh, um, you know, uh, taxes in California and the schools for uh, still to this day, but certainly uh, initially were kind of decimated because the the property taxes were uh, were lowered quite a bit. And uh, anyway, so I my uh, my job was going from being a full time teacher to being a long term sub. And I remember my salary for I think this was 1978 or so. My salary was going to be nine thousand dollars for that year. Oh. And I thought, mm. so uh, going to school. You know, I, I I had hitchhiked from, I lived in Mission Beach in San Diego, and I hitchhiked to San Diego State for, for my MBA and for uh, my credential. I had, one time, I believe it or not, I got picked up by a, a girl, and she said, she said, uh, you know, I'm a, I am a recruiter. You should call me if you, if you need a job. So I said, okay. So I called this recruiter and ended up in a management training program for a bank. Of all things. Okay. So, went on the management training program. Superstar on that. Got a job. Uh, got a got placed as a branch manager right away, and that's where I met Lynn, my lovely wife. She was also a management trainee, and uh, so we met kind of through the bank. <laughs> and uh, but the bank frowned on relationships, you know. But there was there was worries about defalcation they called it but you know that you would cooperate to steal money basically so okay so so one of us kind of had had to go and so and we had our first child and so we said well let's move to Sacramento go back to you know Sacramento where I where she had gone to high school and I'd gone to high school and her whole family was and that way with our kids we can have grandma help <clears throat> take care of the kids so we went there, and I ran into an old friend of mine from high school whose dad worked at AT&T. Okay. And he said, yeah, my dad said they're looking for people just like you. And uh, one thing led to another, and I got hired right just before divestiture. Again, I don't know if you remember this, but no. when the Bell Company, the old Ma Bell was being split up. Okay. And they were looking for people with my kind of background that weren't kind of uh, negatively called people jar, uh, bellheads because they were stuck in the old way. Uh, here, here's your phone. Do you want it in black or black? You know, and they were looking for kind of a new uh, thing. So uh, I ended up going to essentially a management training program with AT&T. I got sent to MIT. I went to MIT for three, not three straight years, but for a month, a year for three years to okay. get trained in computers and and I got a lot of training and, you know, just world-class training. I wish companies were doing this today. They, yeah, they that sounds fantastic. Don't. But I got world-class training in, in communications and long, long lines and, and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up working for AT&T. And I was in, like I say, I was in Sacramento. And I ended up running the state of California account. So I had the state government of California was my account. I did, <laughs> for example, I did the prisons uh, so I've been inside all of the, 
you know, Folsom Prison. Uh, I sat in the gas chamber in San Quentin because, you know, we did the telecommunications for, for there. Wow. And, okay. Uh, in fact, one time I had a, uh, a, uh, a young saleswoman that worked for me who was really great. Uh, and we went to Folsom, walked through the yard. Mm-hmm. So it was me and a couple of guards and this, you know, very nice young woman. And the guys, the evil looks that we got from the inmate. Because you're right, you're right there in the yeah. population. You yeah. Know, you're not, you're, you're not, not behind bars. Right. You know? <laughs> and these guys, their, uh, their arms were bigger than my thigh. <laughs> and uh, I never, you know, anyway. So, so I ended up at, at AT&T. And then uh, after I'd been there for quite a while, uh, I got recruited away to GTE, like I mentioned. And we had what was called an entrepreneurial group. Okay. So the idea was that we would, um, we were like building a company. They GTE GTE had network, but they wanted to, uh, you know, look at new ways to sell network. So we built a company that did enhance nine one one. This is when computer, you know, this is early computer era, but uh, we used mini computers and we did enhance nine one one. Uh, systems, computer-aided dispatch for fire and uh, police. We did county management kind of things, Mm -hmm. geographic information systems. Way early, ESRI, one of the companies we tried to buy and we couldn't, was called ESRI, and they're now the premier. All of the county stuff is on ESRI. ARC Info is the name of the platform those guys use. Okay. Um, Anyway, but we, uh, and we did like garbage truck you know, where, where you'd, you'd use computers to uh, determine the fastest route and the most efficient route yeah. know, routing. And we had a program. One of the companies we bought was in Seattle, and they did infrastructure management. So you know how it is. It, the, the gas company comes and digs up the road in front of your house, mm-hmm. and then three months later, the sewer company comes and <laughs> digs up the road in front of your house, and then three months, you know, so... So we did infrastructure management using geographic information systems and using, you know, tying together all of the um, the different organizations within a county or a city, so that you know you come and dig it up once, and the and the different organizations come and fix what needs to be fixed there yeah. and proactive. Anyway, so we did all that, and uh, and that company, one of the companies we bought was here. One of the companies we bought was in Dallas, Texas. So for a year, we lived on the beach in Ventura, and I spent all week in Dallas. And then, then we bought the company here. Then I was spending all the week up here. And then we moved the people from Dallas to Seattle. Okay. And then that's when I came up here to live full-time. Okay. So anyway, long story, even longer after that, uh, again, I ended up getting recruited away. I ended up working for France Telecom and now started to do international communications. Uh, got recruited away from that and went to Bell Canada. So I went from working for the French to working for the French Canadians, <laughs> which I found interesting. We can talk about French and French Canadians later. <laughs> And then I, I ended up at NTT, which is Nippon Telegraph and Telephone, world's largest telecom. Okay. And and I ran the western half of the U.S. for NTT, which was, that was really a lot of fun. Spent a lot of time in Japan. Oh, and, very cool. Uh, yeah. So, 
uh, and then uh, once again got recruited away and went to a company called Infonet, which ultimately was purchased by British Telecom. Okay. So that's how I ended up at, at BT and um, uh, loved, loved that. It was, a, it was a great experience. And then uh, it was time to kind of retire. So uh, I kind of retired. But then, <laughs> then I consulted for Microsoft. So this is after we were living here. Like okay. I mentioned, we, I, we lived here. We bought a house here. I only had to drive to Seattle once a week. I, okay. you know, I would drive down on Monday or Sunday night, and I'd fly somewhere, and then I'd fly home on Friday and then drive home, right? <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, I left BT, retired, and, and consulted for Microsoft. And when I was consulting for Microsoft, I had to go to Seattle a lot. <laughs> and uh, I got, this was really interesting. We, uh, I actually ended up working for a company that bought Microsoft's data center down in Tukwila. Um, they, Microsoft moved their data center out to Eastern Washington for, okay. for cheap uh, electricity yep. and, and that kind of thing. But they had this gorgeous, this was where they had the crown jewels, all the, all the customer data and the, and the uh, purchase records and everything were, were there in Tukwila. We bought that data center and then uh, remodeled it to be a, uh, a retail data center. So, uh, like startups would come in. So you probably heard about Amazon Web Services. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that's that's where they have infrastructure, and you rent it, and you you use it as you need it, and you yeah. can expand or contract. This is companies that are to the next level, where they have their own servers, right? And they need a place. They need rack storage. And really, what we sold was real estate and cooling. Yes. You know, so I did that, but I was driving to Tukwila a lot, commuting, uh, and also flying all over the, you know, we had, uh, I was the VP of business development for this whole company. We had 20 data centers around the country. So I was flying all over and stuff. So, uh, you know, and then one day Lynn, Lynn says, uh, Jim, you know, have you ever thought about real estate? Because I left out a part about this. <clears throat> Uh, and you remember this, Brandon, but Lynn and I owned the Great Blue Heron Wine Cellars at the uh, right. Terry's Corner for three years, 2006 to 2009. During the time, I was flying away somewhere every week, and Lynn ran the wine shop, and then I would fly home on Friday night, immediately go and start washing glasses because we had, <laughs> we had wine tasting every Friday and Saturday and live music Friday and Saturday night, too. And uh, so... Um, so we, so we, uh, had, had the wine shop and, uh, you were flying all over. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was flying everywhere and some of our best clients were Randy and Marla. Okay. They would have, they would have broker events over at the wine shop and oh, we supplied cool. wine for them and did consulting for them on wine and stuff. And Randy had always said, Jim, you ought to be a real estate guy. You have the right personality, and you like people, which I do. And I, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lynn says, Jim, you ought to, you ought to talk to them. So in 2014, okay. I went over and talked to Randy and Marlon and said, hey, I'd, tell me about it. And here we are. And it's a blast. I, I have to tell you, it's, it's, 
exactly the kind of thing I like to do, talking to people, helping people with probably one of the biggest decisions of their life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been, I have, I consider the, my clients, the people I work with to be my friends and we have some great relationships and, uh, it's, it's really a lot of fun. And I love being part of that decision making. So. Yeah. So <clears throat> with that, you get, you know, you get to talk to a lot of the people that are newcomers to the island and everything like that. Um, have you seen, have you seen trends? Have you seen a lot more people, influx of people? Is it the same? What have you noticed as far as the clientele? You know, it, it's interesting. I, I see a lot more people. You know, I think you feel it too. I, I, everybody I talk to, I feel a little more traffic. Mm-hmm. It seems like I wait a little longer at the stoplights these days. Um, I will say that 80% of my clients want master on the main. <laughs> and or many of them say we want a, uh, uh, a rambler. You know, in California, we would call that a ranch house. But here <laughs> in the Northwest, we call it a rambler, a single mm-hmm. story. But... Um, you know, a lot of people, even younger people say, yeah, because we're buying, Camino is the kind of place where people come and they say, well, we're going to buy the, you know, either we're going to come and live here right now, or they say, we're going to come and get a beach house now, but we're going to retire here. Yeah. Ultimately. So that's why, again, that master on the main and uh, and that kind of thing just lends itself to retirement, not having to schlep up and down the stairs and right. that kind of thing. Right. So there's that. That being said, I, I have had a lot of families, too, So, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the things I really love about Camino is we do have a real diversity here. We have working people and retired people. Yeah. We may skew a little old older, but I think um, there really is a nice diversity between the two. So Yeah. Well, and I think, <clears throat> you know, the amount of retirees we have in the community as well makes all of the other, all the local joints and everything feel more alive because they're actually here during the mornings and the, uh, you know, we've got a good crew that come through the marketplace and they'll come and hang out for the day. And, um, you know, they have friends that they'll meet here and stuff like that, but it's great. Cause you, you know, if they weren't here, it would just be a, a quiet town until, you know, school was out school or was out, afterwards. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's been interesting to me, uh, to, the other real hallmark of Camino Island that I've seen is how many people volunteer for stuff and how many people are involved in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it is there, again, there's people that have time to do that. Yeah. But um, uh, as you know, my wife is the executive director at the food bank. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of the volunteer. I mean, they have hundred, several hundred volunteers at the food bank. And, uh, and then through the, through the chamber, we'll probably talk about the chamber in a bit. Too. Yeah. But uh, through the chamber, you know, we see people really want to get involved and be part of the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Randy and Marla do a lot for the community through Windermere and the Windermere Foundation. And I, I that's one thing I, I talked at the beginning about the beach lifestyle. And I, yeah. I really think that's that's part of that, too. We all share we all share a common view and and we we understand the the beauty of the place we live and we want to we want to give back to it so yeah so yeah let's jump into the chamber how did you end up getting involved with the uh camino chamber of commerce Uh, it was my friend mike nestor okay (laughs) (laughs) he said uh he came this is uh so i've been president now for two years 
and and I just told Jessica, uh, our executive director, last uh, uh, a few weeks ago that I'll sign up for one more year, and then then we got to segue on, but because uh, you know we need a, a diversity there too. But um, Nestor said, "Come on, Jim, come and be on the be on the board," and I said, "Okay." I'll be on the board because at at the time I was president of the library board mm-hmm. and the friends of the library, and um, so and I was it was time to kind of segue off after that I'd been president of the friends for like three years so it was time to move on, and uh, so I said sure Mike I'll I'll go be on the board well the first week they say well, hey we need somebody to volunteer to be vice president and you know up goes my hand and and. There you go. So uh, Carla was awesome as president. She was president of the chamber for a long time. Mm-hmm. Carla Jacks did an, did an awesome job. But she decided uh, after a year uh, that uh, after I'd been VP for a year that, hey, it was time for her to move on. She had her plate was pretty full at the Camino mm-hmm. Center. So there we are. And I will say the the reason that I'm president and willing to be president for three years is named Jessica and Julianne and Asia before Asia has, has moved on. But, uh, you know, we have an awesome team running the chamber and they do, uh, they do all the work and I try to give them all the credit, but every once in a while I, I'll take a little credit for myself, (laughs) whether it's due or not, you know, but, uh, now they do, they do an awesome job and I'm really proud of, of, what we've done as a chamber. You know, our goal is to have uh, a year's worth of operating expenses in the bank. Yeah. And uh, we're halfway there, maybe a little bit more. So, That's awesome. you know, we've got money in the bank. Our membership is up to over 130 this year, which when you think about it, a lot of people say to me, there's 130 businesses on Camino. <laughs> well, we have lots of members that are, you know, ent- entrepreneurs working from home mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, some real estate, bunch of real estate people and some other things. So, you know, it's not, it's not, that's what I like about our chamber. This isn't a big business uh, kind of chamber. This is right. a grassroots people that live and work in the community kind of chamber. And yeah. Yeah, we're, again, we're really proud of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we, I mean, I had Jessica on the podcast, I think that was episode two. Uh-huh, and, I heard it. Um, yeah. She just, I mean, She's definitely someone that is involved in almost every major event that goes on in this community um, and just does a great job. Always knocks it out of the park. And um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, the big event of the year, obviously, is, Gla- is Glass Quest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we get almost 20,000 people, you know, come to this island and this area in super off season. Yeah. You know, I work every year. I, I work at the visitor information center where people come in to choose their ball. You know, you find a little plastic ball with a, a sticker in it and yep. you bring that in and you get to choose your ball. That's, I always love working there cause it's, everybody's real excited. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. The people come from all over the country, all over the world, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, it takes really a lot to put that together because Jessica works with the county, both Island County and Snohomish mm-hmm. County. And uh, we get uh, funding from them. And it's self-sustaining. You know, and 
just so everybody knows, you know, the chamber, we don't make money on, on mm -hmm. it's not a money maker for us. You know, all the money that comes into GlassQuest, if there's a surplus, we use that for GlassQuest next year. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. The, uh, the other thing that she's done a great job with is uh, a couple of three months ago, I came home from visiting my kids down in L.A., and uh, I'm walking down the, the aisle at, at, at SeaTac, and there's a Discover Stanwood Camino sign, you know, and the Easy Island. So uh, yeah, that was really a lot of fun. And she's, yeah. she's worked with uh, the county and, and some other people to get that advertising up yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and we've gotten, um, you know, we've gotten the news up here for that event, um, as well as some of the other events, like the yep. Chili Chowder Cook-Off, which is coming yep. up. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like driving down the freeway, I was... On one of the big lit up billboards was uh, an advertisement for both the Stanwood Camino and Camino Island farmers markets, and I was like, "Wait a second, I recognize that <laughs> sign." You know, I mean, I, I I wish I you know for Stanwood, I wish we could make Stanwood a, a, a little village, a villagey kind of thing, and I think we're kind of moving that way, and I mm -hmm. think there's. There's a ton of, um, you know, just energy going on towards that. Yeah. You know, and and what you guys have done here at Terry's Corner, when 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 we had our wine shop here at Terry's Corner, uh, we had people every day would come in and say, you know, I've lived on Camino Island for ten years and I never knew you were here, <laughs> and you know, what you've done in the last few years has really put Terry's Corner on the map, and uh, it's really exciting. But also. <laughs> With the uh, with the chamber, uh, you know we we have Julianne Abbott just joined us earlier this year. Yeah, and you know she has been unbelievable. One of her roles is to uh, make sure our members uh, know that maybe dues are due, and uh, you know now's the time, and keep them up to speed, and make sure that they're getting involved with the chamber. Yeah, and then the other thing is she has gone out. So you just mentioned chili chowder. She went out and. Uh, we have a uh, a um, title sponsor. I'm, I, I won't announce it just yet, but she went out and got us a title sponsor for Chili Chowder. Oh, very cool! That's uh, you know really cool. So that's amazing. It's 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 really exciting. She you know she's had a, a big impact on the organization too. So yeah, and Chili Chowder too. It's <clears throat> it's we don't do these things for they're not really money makers per se. Right. It's to get the community involved and have, you know, if there's a little bit extra left over, we use it for, you know, to make sure we, we do this. And also, um, not so much this year, but last year, um, you know, the county has uh, hotel motel taxes and some other things that they distribute back to organizations right. within the community. And uh, Camino kind of got the short shrift at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning of uh, uh, the year. And, uh, you know, the chamber, we we kind of got our share, but then we went back and battled and worked with Janet to uh, and uh, the, the rest of the team to make sure that Kameno was recognized. So we passed through money from, the, from that hotel-motel tax through to other organizations here on the island and, uh, and helped them... Uh, you know, get funded. And then we, we fund events here on the island. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of events that <clears throat> I know the chamber puts up money to, to help support. Um, there's a lot of local events that are going on here. Yep. Um, so 
Yeah, no, and I definitely have noticed, um, even even since joining, I joined the chamber a couple of years ago, um, just as a member, just come to the meetings and stuff. But uh, even in that time, uh, I've seen a lot of growth, and it's continued to, um, I don't know, it's just been a much bigger force than it has, I think, in the past. It used to kind of, um, I think there's there's just more, maybe it's the fact there's more people, so there's more people involved, and, and they're growing, but... Um, yeah, I, I like the direct direction that's been going and like to see it keep going that way. Well, I appreciate that, Brendan. We're, so. we're going to do our best. Yes. Okay. And the team is there to make that happen. Yeah. Um, so with that, what do you kind of see the future for the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, you know, more of the same, you know, it's, um, it's making sure that there's value add for our members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've, we're involved with uh, Discover Stanwood Camino, which is, you know, a separate, you know, that's managed by the city, really. Okay, yeah. The yep. city of Stanwood. But then we get to piggyback on top of that as well. And you know that we have joint meetings every month. Uh, we, well, 11 of the 12 months we have joint meetings with the Stanwood Chamber. Right. And starting this year, we have uh, one, of our, one of our board members. It's a non-voting board member, but we have a Stanwood person on that is on both boards okay so the idea is you know we don't see merging the two but at the same time we want to we're really one big community when right. you come right down to it and we want to make sure that we're we're all on the same page and we know where we're going and, and mm-hmm. how things are working and that, that that's been off awesome Stephen shows from remax is uh is the dual board member I'll call okay him, and and he's been a big impact on that too and, uh, you know, we do a lot with Shana, the president yep. there. And, uh, yeah, I want to get her on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. So, so uh, it's, uh, you know, that, the future is, like I say, more of the same. Uh, <laughs> you know, bigger, one, the biggest complaint I get about chili chowder is you're, you're getting too big. And then somebody said... That was said, Mike's complaint on his. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and somebody said the other day, well, you ought to move it to a bigger venue. And I said, well, if we move it to a bigger venue and then people don't feel the crowd, they're going to say, well, what's wrong this year? You know, you guys, it doesn't feel crowded at all, you know. So, you know, it, we're kind of torn on that. But, uh, you know, it is, you know, that's probably my favorite event. Although Beer Brats and Biz is also a fun, and, and we're considering, again, it's up in the air, but... Beer brats and biz. People, do, a lot of people, don't understand what what does beer brats and biz mean. You know, so we we're looking at uh, maybe retitling that mm-hmm. or having that as a subtitle. You know, a summer, you know, um, spring party or summer kickoff or yeah. something with beer brats and biz or something. Yeah. So, so and that I mean, I was talking to Jessica about that as well. But that from even last year to this year grew significantly. Um, the, the press around it, the amount of people I saw go through there. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely on the, on the rise there too. You know, the, I think the best part of it this year was having the band face the road. Mm-hmm. And so people, you know, what do we get? 22,000 cars a day yeah. past here, you know? And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, it was so much more visible yeah. and, uh, uh, it, it's a great, it's a great thing. So, th- and really, those are our three big events: yep. beer, brats, and biz, chili chowder, glass quest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I like to end off every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Um, 
And I don't remember if I actually sent you these ahead, so they might actually be lightning round questions too. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so first of all, do you have a, a lesser known or secret location on Kamano Island that you like to hang out? Well, it's certainly not a secret, but I, I'll bet a lot of people haven't been there yet, which is the new Barnum Point. Yeah. The park there. Uh, you know, I have a, a rescue dog that I uh, that is awesome. And uh, we go for a walk every day. And I started going down there. And you can get a great two-and-a-half or three-mile hike there. And, and there's a lake. There's a bluff view, you know, and on a windy kind of ugly day it's really cool to stand on the bluff and you get you know i mean it's that's fun and then you then you can go down to a beautiful beach and you know so you get all the above and it's a great hike and uh you know props to uh the Whidbey camano land trust Mm -hmm. for, for putting that all together it's 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 really spectacular so if anybody out there hasn't been there you need to go up and explore huge parking lot uh, easy to get to, and then uh, you know, nice, nice trails that, yeah. that make it easy. So yeah, no, I've I've been meaning to get down there, um, but I've heard that's come up many many times, and so yeah, it sounds really neat. Um, <clears throat> okay, pretend you have a t- friend coming in from out of town. What would the first day look like here? Well, you know, I. And, and I mentioned earlier that I, I view my clients as uh, as friends, and uh, so I take a lot of people on their first day on Camino Island. <laughs> and uh, you know, my idea is, uh, you know, you need to you need to start with the beach, and you need to end with the beach. But you need to start in, start with the beach, and you know, as you drive around the island, there's different beaches and. You know, some rocky, there's a little bit of sand here mm-hmm. and there. Uh, it's great to go down to the Center for Wooden Boats and show people, hey, if you have, if you have family coming in from out of town, rent, rent one of the Cama Beach cottages. Yeah. And, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And, uh, and you, or you can, if, before, if, you know, before you buy a boat, you can come down here and rent a boat, and they'll rent your crab traps too, and you can go out and go crabbing and that kind of thing. And then the state park is beautiful. There's hiking trails there, too. And uh, that would be my second, by the way, the first question about the secret location. Hiking from the beach at Cama Beach all the way to the Elger Bay Preserve past Cranberry Lake is really a lot of fun, too. Okay. That's a, that's a great little... Uh, and a lot of people <clears throat> don't know you can go from Dry Lake Road off of uh, uh, South Camano mm-hmm. all the way to Cranberry Lake and then... A, cross the road down to the beach. So uh, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I show them that we have a nice mix of beach and forest and you can hike here. And uh, and then the views, you know, I, I usually do the whole loop mm-hmm. and talk about uh, the whales. So I have friends like down on uh, Timothy Way. You can sit on, on the deck there and uh, hear the Gray, the gray whales come in and you hear them blowing down there and uh, you know it's it's fabulous so yeah the whole loop is my idea yeah but start starting in with the beach yeah that's that's good advice all right <clears throat> who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that i should in- interview next well you know we we talked about this before we were on air here and uh i think you should talk to doug nemo you know 
Doug is also a, a real estate broker over at Windermere. But uh, this, this guy was a superstar in high school at Stanwood High School playing basketball. And then Doug is a builder and you know, for, for many years was a builder, built a lot of uh, custom homes here on the island. And I think that's a really unique perspective. Um, you know, right now we're having more, you know, we, we talked earlier about changes on the island. In the last couple of years, we've had quite a few spec homes mm -hmm. being built and, uh, and custom homes, but spec homes. And uh, I think it would be real interesting for Doug to talk about, you know, how the... Uh, how building has changed here, what some of the, maybe some of the rules that have changed. You know, you used to be able to build a lot closer to the bluff, and now there's a 100-foot setback, and can you get a variance? And, I mean, there's a whole bunch of interesting things going on with the county and trying to keep it rural. Yeah. Have you had somebody from the county yet? I, no, I, I haven't. See. You know, the whole idea of um, uh, rural and in intensive zones. So I'm on a housing work group, too, with uh, Janet, and... Uh, you know, it's um, it's really interesting how we're trying to uh, maintain the the rural lifestyle mm -hmm. of Camino, but you know, have expanded housing and how do we how do we make housing uh, inexpensive enough so people can live here and work here? Yeah, which is one of the big chamber complaints is you know small businesses here, whether it's a, a grocery store down at the south end or. You know, where do they get people to, to work for them? Because mm -hmm. people can't, you know, that they're paying less than $15 an hour to, or even $15 an hour. How do they afford to live right. on Camino? So, right. So, uh, but anyway, Doug, as a builder, might have some unique perspective on that too. Yeah. That sounds good. And then lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard on Camino Island as you're driving on the island, what would it say? You know, um, when I first came on to the board, Carla was still the president. One of the things I said was um, I couldn't, I didn't understand the logo. The, the chamber logo at the time was a, I, well, I, I can't describe it, you know. I mean, it was, a, it was an art piece. It, was a, it looked like a, a round ball going through, uh, through a, a goalpost or something, you know. And it was, it was very nice, but it was an art piece. So we actually hired a company to uh, look at our branding, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, came, they came up with a new logo. And when, they, and when they came up with a new logo, if you haven't seen it, it's awesome. You know, really, I think it really captures Camino. There's fish, there's crabs, there's shrimp, you know. Yeah. And there's a sailboat. I mean, it captures Camino. And then they said, oh, by the way, we came up with a tagline for you, too. And that and the tagline was the easy island. And I, I, love, <laughs> I love that tagline because it is the easy island. It's easy on, easy off, easy living, easy lifestyle. It's the easy island. So if, if I put up a billboard, you know, where, where that uh, on uh, lands in there, or, mm -hmm. um, uh, I would I'd put up a big welcome to the easy island. You know, life is easy. So yeah, that that's probably what I would say. Yeah, no, that's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. My pleasure, Brandon. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Jim Ayers for joining us on the podcast. And thank you for listening. 
If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us get found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode or previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.